Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray. And folks, we are broadcasting as usual from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. Rainy Alpharetta today, but beautiful nonetheless. And folks, if you're looking for a better banking experience for your business, if you're tired of the automated phone trees and that kind of thing, and you want to get to a live person that could just help you out, I think Renaissance is at that magic point in time where they're big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them, but they're small enough to do it in a personal way. Go to renaissancebank.com, find one of their local offices and give them a call. You'll be on the phone with a live person when you do that. Imagine that. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Jeremy Buston. Jeremy is the owner and photographer at Top Shelf Headshots. Jeremy, welcome. Thanks for having me here, John. Yeah, thanks for coming in. So let's talk about you, and we know how you're serving folks out there, but let's put a little uh, color, pardon the pun, behind that. Talk about your work. Yeah, I'm a headshot specialist. I focus on uh, working with people, whether it's for headshots or branding portraits for their small business or if they're moving on in a new a chapter in their career, but my my what I do is I make people look great, dynamic, charismatic, trustworthy with their headshots, and not like a well dressed hostage. <laughs> You've seen those headshots, right? Yeah. Oh, haven't we all? Haven't we all? For sure, I love that. Yeah, and there's a huge difference in those two when it comes to uh, value that people see in that headshot. So we'll get into that in a second, but let's talk about your journey and uh, why headshot photography, why your passion for this work and in particular headshots. Yeah. And so I have an 11 year background in sales and then I transitioned into public relations and I was working at GE about eight years ago, and I first started there, one of the projects they had me do was to hire a headshot photographer to come in and do headshots for our executives. Hmm. Half of the executives forgot it was headshot day, and then half of them just didn't like that they've looked 10 years older now. <laughs> it's a matter of circumstance, and we weren't able to hire, rehire the photographer to come back in to reshoot the headshots, so I had to take matters into my own hands. And I was at the time, this was when Dave Ramsey, I was listening to Dave Ramsey trying to find what my side hustle was to get out of my college debt, which was like $60,000 at that time. Mm -hmm. And so it was like a, an opportunity that pushed me and pushed me in that direction. So I was like, Hey, I have acting background, have acting experience. I know what a headshot should look like. I'm not a photographer, but I have a little camera, a Sony, like a little consumer Sony camera that I take with me on vacations and take pictures in auto mode, never use manual focus or anything like that, manual mode settings or anything like that. So I started talking to a friend of mine at GE that, that knew a little bit about photography and taught me about the exposure triangle. And about six months later, I was able to retake the executive 
executive headshots and they were serviceable at the time. And I started wanting to improve myself in the quality of the work I did. So I started studying different headshot photographers and came across Peter Hurley. And uh, he's literally the best headshot photographer in the world. Uh, he mm. charges like $3,000 for a session. So, and last year I became one of his associate photographers. Oh, wow. Okay. So you didn't necessarily come to this practice with a love of photography or anything like that. You didn't grow up with a camera in your hand or something like that. No, <laughs> I, yeah. And because of the, uh, an avid listener of Dave Ramsey and wanted to find that side hustle, I heard people delivering pizzas and things, and that wasn't really going to make the kind of money I wanted to pay off my loans quickly. I started just like asking the universe, bring me that thing. And so naturally that came unexpectedly through photography. And I've got family that did photography when I was growing up, but it was never something that really interested me, mm -hmm. but it meshes so well, like my personality, my just enthusiasm to make people look good and to bring out the best in people. It was a natural fit for me and I love it. I love working with people and making them look amazing. And this work, you, you, this is still a side hustle for you. Yeah. As it were, although I hate that term. I hate Jeremy. it. I, yeah. Yeah. So let me just, I'm going to self edit right here, folks. This is a side business for you. Side hustle makes it sound to me like it's something, yeah. there's some problem or some issue with it. And it's not that you've got a business. Yeah, really. And if you think about a side hustle, like it depends how you qualify the words like side hustle. If you look at the average American, there's some studies that say the average 93% of Americans have a side hustle. But when they talk about it in that respect, it's like $483 a month is the average for a side hustle when you qualify it. Mm -hmm. It could be like they're just doing something like tutoring or like something that, that, that they're doing. But yes, this is a complete side business and 50% of millennials, and I'm an elder millennial at the very top of the millennial range, 50% millennials have a side hustle and 70% to 70% of Gen Z have side hustles. Think about like creators and the gig economy and right. what that's done and anybody can do it now, but, but yeah, no, my, it's a side business. Yeah, definitely. By the way, I find those statistics that, that gives me optimism for the future. Just hearing those statistics that that many of these younger waves of generations are entrepreneurial because I don't think those numbers existed 50 years ago. Yeah. And it's, it's a product of growing up in an environment where like my family, like they did well enough to put us in a good school, but mm -hmm. it, we weren't we weren't living the high life sure. or anything like that. My dad was in sales and has been in sales pretty much his whole life, and that was probably why I got into sales mm -hmm. in the beginning as well. But there there are so many ways business tools. They're almost infinite. How yeah. many uh, tools there are to run your business? whether it's a side business or whether it's a full-time business, there's so many tools you can utilize to use that business, get it going, to leverage yourself, leverage your time. It's just fascinating. Yeah, I had to revisit like starting a business when we moved to Atlanta a year ago because I was basically starting from scratch. I had built up this really solid business for actors shooting mainly actor headshots in Richmond, Virginia, where I would have people coming from DC, Maryland, and even as far as Delaware and Pennsylvania to work with me. Mm -hmm. So I had a pretty good reputation with agents and casting coaches and all kinds of people in the acting industry. So 
moving to Atlanta, like that was initially the plan was like, Hey, Atlanta has a huge market for actors. And mm -hmm. I felt like I cornered the market in Virginia and the quality of the work that I was doing elevated me to match kind of what was in those bigger like LA and Atlanta markets. So that's why we moved here. But then when we got here and I realized there's 150,000 businesses here and that can mesh better with what I want to do long-term with photography and headshot photography to mm -hmm. work with business professionals. And so I had to reinvent myself when I got here and I threw $2,000 into Google ads and got zero leads. <laughs> so learning, I had to learn again, new market, new audience. But last year I cracked six figures just as a side business in a brand new location. Good for you. That's wonderful. And you did it without Google ads. I did it without Google ads. I did throw away $2,000 the first month, but that was my lesson. And I don't do paid advertising anymore. Wow. I may have to have you back. Just talk about that <laughs> because that resonates with me. You made this change from actors as your primary tribe, shall we say, to business professionals and influencers. Why? So I loved working with actors and it was awesome watching them get booked in different things like HBO shows and Hulu shows like Dope Sick. And it's always fun to see like an actor based on like having your headshot, like booking an audition or get callbacks or whatever for a key role and then seeing them book the role. Like that's exciting, but it's more exciting to me when I see somebody that may not look as dynamic or authoritative or trustworthy or approachable in their headshots, making them wow themselves. And actors already are naturally good at expressing themselves. Mm -hmm. And with business leaders and entrepreneurs and people who need new headshots for the first time, graduates, whoever that is, making them like feel confident, making them, it's a confidence builder, what mm -hmm. I do and making them just really love their headshots and love their image and seeing if it changes like their engagement. Do people engage with them more because of their headshot? Are they using their headshot on a billboard? Is that generating money for their business? Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's much more to gain with business headshots for the client than with acting headshots for sure. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. The, I guess the Delta between where someone is and the outcome is much greater for a business person than it is an actor. Yeah. And actors really, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're checking a box on something they need for their portfolio. And so maybe they don't see the value in that, that, a business owner or corporate executive, what have you would once you get done with them. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to retrain and, and not retrain, but just train people and educate the market on the value of a headshot because it's, it seems like it's a commodity, right? But if you go on LinkedIn or a good example is one of my clients was in the top 500 business leaders in a journal a couple of months ago. And I looked through the headshots in like 400 and, 99 of them were just average, but his stood out <laughs> yeah. and not, not to say that a lot of people still go to a photographer that may not be a headshot specialist, or they may be using old or dated tre trends with lighting, right? Like lighting matters with headshots and you'll be surprised. Like I post sometimes on LinkedIn, I'll post like 
somebody's old headshot and then the headshot that I took of them and it's night and day just because the quality and the style of lighting that I use is so different from what the average headshot photographer is using. And that's because I studied Peter Hurley's lighting Mm -hmm. methods and lighting style and quality. Often, like I just had a customer last week and his last headshot was 10 years old, but he looks more youthful, more dynamic, more energetic in the one that we took last week than he did in the one 10 years ago. Interesting. So it's, you can look better, younger with the right headshot. And a lot of times I liken it to, we're in Atlanta. It's a, there's a, it's a foodie culture here. I could go to name your chain steakhouse and pay 30, $40 for a meal. Or I could go to any one of the really great steakhouses in Atlanta and pay 300 to $500 for that same dinner. It's a better service, better quality. So Mm -hmm. you get the same, you get the same, you get filled, but it may be different, a different experience. And that's what I offer in terms of headshots. Like a lot of people still will go to like your department store photo studio where they might get 15 minutes and hope they get a great headshot. I spend 15 minutes to however much time you need, really. It's a flexible session. You can bring as many wardrobes as you want to to the session. I have hair and makeup artists, especially I recommend that for women getting headshots. But it's a flexible, and you have to match the service and the quality you deliver to your pricing, and that's what I do with headshots. So it strikes me that your business has a similarity to what we do because people here, they always say, I hate the sound of my own voice. And I would think that's the way most people are. Most of your clients are, they don't, they might love the headshots of all these other people, but they hate their own. Oh, absolutely. And I mentioned the well-dressed hostage thing, just because we've all been there. We've all been in that school photo scenario, even in business where you have a headshot photographer that comes in, they might make you feel awkward or stiff. They might put you into weird positions and tell you to move your shoulders here or there. I don't focus on that. I focus on the face because the face and your expressions are the most important thing. In 2006, Alexander Todorov, he did a study and within 100 milliseconds, you make a snap judgment about somebody. And so 100 milliseconds. milliseconds. Yeah, I just wanted to underline that. Yeah. That's so many zeros on the right side of the decimal. I can't even, I don't even know how many that that is right off the bat. Wow. Yeah. When we met in the hallway out there, I shook your hand and instantly I knew I can trust this guy. He's not going to lead me astray or anything. He's not going to run screaming out of the studio. Good. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's true for, a, it's not just meeting someone in person. It's true for a headshot. Yeah. Yeah, And really feeling, making people feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and really focusing on their facial expressions and coaching their face. And that sounds really weird. Mm -hmm. I have a background in executive coaching and and media relations with executives. So Mm -hmm. I use a lot of the tactics I use to make my executives and PR more presentable in interviews and things like that in my headshot clientele with my headshot clientele as well. Sure. Jeremy Buston is with us, folks. Jeremy is the owner of Top Shelf Headshots. Jeremy, let's talk about what a session, what happens. Yeah. People bring their changes of clothes and what have you, but, and they're scared half to death. (laughs) (laughs) I guess generally, right? Or or just just nervous, right? Yeah. And and people say I have a disarming personality. So when they meet me in person, 
they relax a little bit more, but we also take time before we even get in front of the camera. I talk to them. I learn about who their audience is, what kind of messages they want to send. I also do a lot of this in pre-work, like onboarding process. I use some automation tools and things to to gather information to customize the session for each person. Mm. But when they get to the studio, which well, is- Well, let me ask you a question yeah. about it, if you don't mind. How much of that do you really need to know to do a great headshot? And how much of that is is just your way of, which is important, however it happens is important, your way of getting the, the client in the right frame of mind for that headshot? Yeah, it, it's important for me to know in advance, do they just want headshots? Do they also want some like full length shots or mm-hmm. three quarter shots? And how are they going to be using them? It helps me set up in my head and plan out their shoot Mm-hmm. in a more custom customized way. Cause if they're just coming in for headshots, we're probably just going to use like one lighting setup or, or a couple or three for men. Cause I can do some different things for men that won't look as flattering for women. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. But then also like uh, it's top shelf headshots, which comes from like top shelf beverages. Right. So I need to know, do they want to have you know, a sparkling water when they're there? Do they want to sip on Blanton's or something? Yeah, I like it. I like (laughs) it. Okay. So yeah, so there's a little bit, it's very basic kind of questions I ask in there, kind of survey type stuff. But, but then when we get, when they get there to the the studio, which is actually the lower level of my home, it's a large space, but Mm -hmm. I get to know them better. I get to know their personality and their business. If, if they're a business owner, get to know their brand and give them some confidence before we get in front of the camera. Mm. Yeah. That, that has a ton of value. It's not that you need to know the, some of the specific answers to the question, like whether they're marketing to, you know, zebras or jaguars. It's not right. right. It's just the rapport yeah. Gets them in the frame of mind. Absolutely. And, and if I'm working with, and I'll give you an example, like when I moved here, I needed to find a doctor, mm-hmm. right? So I'm a headshot photographer. I was looking at their headshots, right? <laughs> that mattered to me. Do they look like somebody that I can trust? Do they look like they're friendly? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, believe it or not, and doctors can certainly afford mm-hmm. what I offer, but there's a lot of doctors that just don't understand the value of a great headshot a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You They come into the studio, you've asked these questions, you've built rapport. Then we get down to the, it's time to get down to business, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what happens? I don't want to give away all my tricks, but okay. it's a very organic experience. Uh-huh. I will, if it, especially depending on if like it's a, a lawyer, for instance, I worked with a, a lawyer a couple of weeks ago and we wanted to kind of show these things, but we also wanted shots that showed a little bit more for an injury lawyer, a little bit more of a a get stuff done Mm -hmm. kind of mentality too. So there's different ways I'll coach people. Sometimes it's really just playful banter, nothing. I've been behind the camera when inappropriate things have been said to get laughter. I don't do that. It's very professional. I might, if you're smiling and it's like just almost there, I might ask you to pull your smile this way or that way a little yeah. bit more. Or I might just go into making you crack up and, and grab a smile there like Donald Duck impressions or <laughs> get out my dad jokes book. Ah, okay. So there's different techniques and each person has to really be approached 
differently. Right. If you come into my studio and I get a sense that you're a quiet person, I'm not going to be this rambunctious or like dominating photographer or coach. I'm going to be grounded to where you are and where your level is. So it's very much important that you get that sense and judge people, make that yeah. early on so you can know how to navigate it. Otherwise it could be an awkward or intimidating experience. And that's not what I do. Yeah. And one of the things you said that s- strikes me is that you're there for however long it takes. Yeah. And I could imagine you've probably got some folks that it just, whatever experience they had before that they're still getting over Yeah, and, and it took them a while it took you a while to get them in a frame of mind and a, a mindset. You could get the, that perfect headshot for them that they wanted. Yeah. And one of the things too that I do is a lot of people stress over having to pick their headshots, right? One of the things I do is I shoot in a way that lets us look at the headshots while we're shooting them mm. so that they can see what we're doing. And I use that too, to coach them. For instance, if I ask them to push their chin out and it's not out enough, or if I ask them to bring your chin down a little bit, the reason I do these things is to give them a better jawline or to maybe take away a little bit of the aging process. But I show them to them and I use that to coach them. But then at the end, we also review all the images and we pick them together right there. So there's no stressing or anything that's coming. Get your headshots done, review them. You know what you're getting when you leave. So satisfaction is always 100%. That's why I have almost 255 star reviews. So yeah, that is important. And just people don't like People don't like to get their headshots done. It's, yeah. it's a natural. I don't think there's anybody aside from actors that are like, oh, I'm so excited to go get my headshots done. Most people put it off. Sure, of course. And you're never going to be younger than you are today. So it's important. And it's important for your business. And it's important for your brand and how people perceive you online. How often should someone get their headshot changed? It really depends. I per, For actors, they get them every two years if they're an adult. If they're kids, it's more like every six months. So I kind of use that to, to encourage people if they change, if something about them changes, or let's say they get promoted to a new role and they need to look a little bit different in their headshot. Like that's when they should get the headshots. I wouldn't want to put a time frame on it. I've seen people that have headshots that look like they do now that were taken five years ago and some people change more dramatically. So Mm -hmm. it just depends on how you look today. Do you feel like this represents you today? Mm -hmm. If not, you might want to go get a headshot done. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Jeremy Buston folks. Jeremy is with top shelf headshots. He's the owner of his company sidebar since AI is on everybody's mind. The, the intersection of AI and headshots, where does that, how, how does AI factor into the headshot world? Yeah. And part of why I'm able to juggle a really well, a full-time career and my headshot business is because of AI. It allows me to do a lot more now in terms of creating content. I used to spend three or four hours every morning before my day job started creating content. And now with generative AI, I can create good drafts that I can refine and make it in my voice a lot, save about two hours a day, you Mm -hmm. know, doing that. But that's because I can go in and refine it. Like I trust the AI tools to create the first draft, but then I go and refine it. You can't really do that with a headshot. And, you know, you see 
a lot of people are posting about the AI headshots and, oh shit, I get this. It's only like $50, right? You pay for what you get. And you truly, you might as well have an avatar if you're going to have an AI headshot because there's no authenticity there. AI cannot create history, right? Like Mm -hmm. my camera creates history. Like it catches you in that emotion. It has life. AI headshots, you can look at them. There's no life. Like, where is the camera? What are you looking at? (laughs) So I I do think that there's a market for AI headshots. I think that same market are the people that would typically go to your department store and pay a hundred bucks for a headshot Mm -hmm. and kind of be satisfied with what they get. What I offer is for people who value their brand and value what their headshot says about them and their brand and they want to engage more people, whether it's more sales more clicks on LinkedIn, more connections. There's so many different kind of ROI for headshots that it would be silly to to use an AI headshot as your brand. And it, it's like uh, text or copy. You can tell the difference. Absolutely. You can tell the difference. So it may, quote, make you look better quote unquote, but it makes you look better in a a really superficial, artificial kind of way. It's artificial intelligence. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) Duh. Yeah. And and like I I wrote an article a year ago on AI headshots. And when I did an experiment, I tried about three different AI headshot services and they all came out in a similar way. And one thing that AI is starting to get right is the catch lights, right? Like before it was like, there's no light in that person's eyes. Like it's AI. Mm-hmm. Now you have to look a little bit deeper and look at the eyes a little bit differently. Cause they are trying to put like lights in your eyes and things like that now, but they still, they never would have represented me. And, and the other thing too, about AI headshots is you have to be really careful about the terms and conditions because you could be giving them permission to use your face to create other people's faces. Mm. <laughs> so you have to look at that as well. But yeah, but what I do is create history and, and authenticity. And that's the most important thing for a headshot. Got it. So Jeremy, you mentioned ROI and we've got business owners and they love ROI. What's the ROI of a headshot? What's the ROI of a professionally done headshot that you uh, produce for your clients? Yeah. A lot of the ROI, cause I'm, I really flipped the switch last year to business headshots. So a lot of the ROI is going to be more from like actors that book different roles and got onto different shows and their careers blossom, those types of things. But I've got friends that have been in business for headshot photography that have seen like a billboard generate hundred thousand dollars in revenue because of possibly the headshot. So yeah, I mean, there's so many different types of ROI when it comes to your face and your brand. Like I said, when I came here, and I'll give you an example. A a couple of months ago, I saw a commercial. I won't name the company, but the uh, executive that was in the commercial was so dynamic and charismatic. And I was like, oh, I want to know who this guy is. So I went to his LinkedIn profile and he looked awkward, scared, intimidated, deer in the headlights. I was like, he does not look attractive or charismatic. So if I had seen that picture mm-hmm. first, like I would have never wanted to engage this person. But then with this commercial, like it was a, it was night and day. This person is not the same person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's really hard to imagine the, what the ROI is because you never, you don't know what yeah. business you lost. 
right? Because you looked like you were a deer in the headlights. You, you, you'll never know what those numbers are. Absolutely. Wow. Jeremy Buston, folks, top shelf headshots. So, Jeremy, you lots of headshot photographers out there. Why you? Yeah, so my headshot experience, I set the bar really high for myself and the quality of work that I deliver. So it's really back to just what does, what do people value? If they are okay with having a headshot that just blends in with everybody else's or even a below average headshot, then they can get that from other headshot photographers. But what I do is bring out who they are and make them look like who they are in person so that Mm -hmm. the person they are and the headshot they present are the same. That's important, isn't it? It's super important, but there's so many. And it's, if you look at LinkedIn, there's just so many bad headshots and it's, do you want to engage with this person? And I don't know if I can trust this person. So having the, the background that I have in PR and executive coaching is like, that sets me apart. That's mm-hmm. one of the things, but just like making it a comfortable experience. You can't say that when you're going somewhere where you only have a 15 minute time spot or that the person's not a headshot specialist and doesn't know how to coach your face. Yeah. So those are two things, of course. And then of course the top shelf, the top shelf vibe. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So making it a comfortable experience and people love it. People say it's fun. Like you don't think about headshots being fun and everybody that I work with is like, Oh, this was fun. When it builds their confidence, you can certainly go. There's, I think several hundred headshot photographers within an hour of here. You pay for what you get the quality and the results and the experience. And that's what I deliver for my clients. Yeah. Great work from Jeremy Buston folks, the owner of top shelf, Headshots. Wow, Jeremy, this has been fun and I think informative. You've opened a window into what headshots are that I think a lot of people don't really think about that aren't in the business. So thank you for that. Thank you for your great work. And we're delighted we could shine the light on it. So well, thank you. Thank yeah, you for having me. Absolutely. But let's get to the most important question, which is for those that have heard something here that makes them want to be in touch with you, how can they do that? Yeah, they can go to www.topshelfheadshots.com. And they can begin their journey of uh, having a headshot that they absolutely love. Or they can reach out to me. My cell phone number is 757-897-9999. Feel free to text or call. And let me know you listen to this podcast and I might have a little special offer for you. Oh, there you go. There you go. Check that out, folks. Jeremy Buston with Top Shelf Headshots. Jeremy, thanks again. Thank you. Hey, folks, just a couple of quick things before we let you go for today. I've got a new book out. It's called The Generosity Mindset, A Journey to Business Success by Raising Your Confidence, Value, and Prices. Speaking of confidence, if you're a solo, small firm, professional services provider, and you're having trouble with those three issues, this book may be for you. You can go to generositymindset.com to learn more. And I want to thank you, our listeners. You're just fabulous. You continue to support us in so many different ways. And you are the reason why we're, this is show number, I think 744, something like that we've done over these almost eight years of North Fulton Business Radio. You continue to, you're the wind at our back, shall we say, and continue to do what you've always done. You share the show, 
you like us on social media, you make our our guests feel glad they did this show and and you share the show when you hear of when you think, hey, this person needs to know about Jeremy. Let me share that show with Jeremy for and help them get a new headshot, for example. So you've done that numerous times and we appreciate that because we're here to celebrate business owners and to be the voice of business in the North Fulton region. So thank you for helping us fulfill that mission. So for my guest, Jeremy Buston, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.